Welcome to Celestial Small Talk with Alice and CJ. Celestial Small Talk refers to the big ideas, profound revelations, and deep connections that are created in the briefest of encounters. It is often in these moments that an imperceptible shift in thought can bring about the biggest change, helping us to more fully embody our intuition. We strive to inspire, illuminate, question, provoke, and spark the unique constellation within. Welcome back to Celestial Small Talk. This is Alice. I hope eclipse season is treating you well. This episode would be air right at the full moon in Scorpio. It's also an eclipse. It's a lunar eclipse. So there's going to be a lot of intensity around that time. So I hope you're taking care of yourself. Stay hydrated and slow down. And it's okay to not make a ton of progress at this time. I have with me here two members of my soul family, dearest, dearest friends, CJ, as usual, your co-host, and Jesse. Jesse and I met online. It was one of those astrology group that we posted our big three and we found out that, you know, we have the same big three, sun, moon, and rising. And what was really intriguing for me was that her north and south node are complete opposite of mine. So we thought, you know, we're practically the same people, just like opposite path. And really funny to me was that our children have like the opposite of us, but then they're the exact opposite. So it's kind of like a learning thing where you can help me and I can help you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. My, my son has her North and South note and her son has my North and South note. So we're like learning a ton parenting together relationship wise. There's just so much, you know, and her mom and my mom have the same sun sign. Yeah. 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 We just have a whole lot of things. We're like, whoa, like our minds were just blown. And I think your dad, Mm -hmm. Taurus son, and so Mm -hmm. is my dad. It's pretty incredible. It's been such a great journey learning and growing with you. And I'm so excited to have a conversation today. Yes, me too. How are you doing today, CJ? I'm doing well. I'm excited because I don't have much context going into this. So that was all I have learned so far of Jesse. And I think that we're going to just be able to, since I know how well Alice and I get along, I bet Jesse and I are going to get along just as splendidly. And, you know, you got a Taurus sun over here, Taurus sun, Taurus moon, and Libra rising. You know, my best friend is a Taurus sun. Well, there we go then. <laughs> yes, yes. It's been fun because I've noticed how like my friend group has changed in terms of astrology science throughout my life. And right now cancers are really big in my life. That's awesome. But yeah, let's get started with just a little bit of a grounding. Um, if you are feeling comfortable and want to just kind of orient yourself to your space, notice your body's relationship to support. And if it feels good, close down the eyes. Take a nice deep breath in and exhale. Now, not knowing anything about this conversation, I lit a root chakra healing candle. Nice. All for grounding. So we're just going to think about any areas of our life where we're looking for more balance, more grounding, 
more close contact with the earth as we continue this conversation. And actually, I had a card jump out uh, before we Ooh. even started talking. So I'd love to just start with that and then maybe see if that leads into anything that you were, you're thinking about talking about. So I'm using the Numinous Tarot deck today, which has a slightly different names for the different suits as well as the court cards. And so we got the Explorer of Vials, which is the Ooh. same as the Knight of Cups. And Ooh. what's interesting is that this card has been very representative of my partner, who is a cancer son. So it's just interesting that this one popped out. Um, I, I see this one as really like super rapid emotional growth connection where we are really searching for what actually fills us up. We're on this journey sort of perpetually, and then we're going to use that to communicate out and to share that out in community. So I'm curious how that resonates with you, Jesse. Oh, that's so funny because what I, I was trying to talk to Alice about like a topic, because that's what I'm kind of nervous about. Like I've never done a podcast. Oh my God. What, what are we going to talk about? What is she going to talk to me about? Is this going to be an interview and all that anxiety? And so it's so funny because like, that, you know, she had sent me last night a Chiron in Taurus, which is my Chiron. And it's all about security. And it was talking about a need for security and all of that stuff. And like today, like I was trying to get prepared and I knew I had to like the, this meeting at this time and all these things. And then, you know, people started calling and things. And I, I was messaging Alice, like I'm sitting outside and I'm regrounding right now from all the chaos this morning. And I asked her if it was okay if we talked about epigenetics and how emotions in our body, emotions that we go through and that we don't work through stay in our bodies and like manifest into physical ailments. That's kind of funny because with my Chiron in Taurus and that being a security thing and that being a first chakra workplace that I've had to work on for several years on that. And I thought that that was really ironic. I mean, the cards don't lie, Jesse. They don't. <laughs> they don't. Um, I have what so I, many decks. They don't lie. Yeah. And what I like about the imagery of this one is that there's a, there's a character who has sort of like a mermaid quality to them. And when I Ooh. think about like what it would feel like to process emotions, I kind of feel like that cutting through of the water, you know, you're just like, mm. I don't want to stay stagnant in this. I want this to be able to move. And when you think about a fish's tail, just kind of gliding effortlessly through, I mean, it still takes work to make progress. Cause you think about how right. vast the ocean is. And so how vast all of these things are, we need to process, but if we can sort of become like water, we can move through it and, and make it so it isn't stagnant and it doesn't manifest. Right. Right. Because in a lot of the yoga teachings, and I mean, I haven't gone into extensive, extensive, extensive studies about like the case studies where people have cured their bodies of cancer, doing specific meditations while I have talked to healers, how long you would have to meditate to start getting those like health benefits. And it just seems so daunting sometimes on some of those things. But if you are familiar with like the chakra system and the seven chakras and like ailments that come up in those chakras, if you can kind of think about it, like the chakra center and like it radiates out through different parts of your body. And what really kind of got me on that niche of that's what I really like is when I was in yoga teacher training, 
I remembered some thoughts that I had when I was younger and like, you know, when you become an adult and you start hearing about all these health things that you didn't know about cancer and this and that, where it comes from and how I wondered like, well, if they can't tell you where it comes from and then you realize that emotions that you don't process get stuck in your body. If that, if these unprocessed emotions have toxicity or things backed up with them and they just sit in your body, is that not going to do something to your DNA? Because a lot of what the doctors say cancer comes from is mutated DNA or toxins coming in. So with that, when I was in yoga teacher training, all that kind of like all those little, I heard that here and I heard that there kind of like came together. Oh, okay. So we have to move. We have to move our bodies and feel our feelings and all of that fun, hard work. So it's been a whole learning journey. The first chakra, the root chakra is like your base and your foundation. So I had a lot of accidents. I ended up breaking this semisoid. It sounds like sesame seed, but it's this tiny little bone in the bottom of your, underneath of your big toe. And like I smashed that and I was in a boot for eight weeks um, I ended up dropping things on my ankles. I ended up like pulling my hips, like a whole range of these like lower extremity accidents. And I, what I would look up what they meant, they were all foundational issues, like a fear and insecurity. And I had a lot of personal things. I had a really toxic ex in my life at the time. And so that kind of created some of that toxicity and foundational issues. And as I have worked through some of those, like through self-defense classes and stuff, like right now where I'm working on is um, how I balance my feet. And as a cosmetologist by trade, I've done pedicure. I didn't do them for a long time. And over the last 10 years, I've been paying attention and where we get calluses on our feet. And so like, as uh, for me personally, for a really long time, I used to always get them on the ball of my foot or on my big toe on the side of it predominantly worse on my right side but as I started doing them on other people like some people would have more intense calluses like you could just oh I could scrub and they would go away and I have one woman who I can't take it I can't scrub it off I can't even use a light grit scrub because her feet are so sensitive but they have these super thick ingrained calluses but hers are on her heels And I've put together like different thoughts and whatnot. But like, if you think about balancing your heel versus your toe, so your heels are going to be like, if you're planted in the back of your feet, you're planted in your past. And if you're planted on your toes, you're thinking in the future. And so if you're always on your toes, you're always in the future. You're always on your heels. You're always in your past. So trying to find that balance in between. And then I've added for my own personal growth, I've added, um, the inside and outside of your, your feet. I like to stand on the inside of my feet. I like to walk on the insides and I put more weight there versus walking on the outsides. And I feel like that is more of like, are you sinking in and putting all of the weight on yourself? Or are you putting all of the weight on the outside of yourself and trying to balance those things? And as it has come up, I've had ankle issues and hip issues because it all will travel up. Everything will travel up your body. And it will eventually travel to your hips because a lot of um, yoga teachers and people in that modality will tell you that your hips are the seat of your emotions. And like you have hip issues, that's where you're, you're, you're stuck and you're working through. And 
for myself right now, I have a lot of issues with personal discipline, like doing routines consistently or whatever. And so I'm having a lot of issues with my right hip and it not wanting to work the same way as my left hip. It doesn't want to open the same way. And it's interesting when you really start to do the work and you start to like try to exercise more, or try to open that stretch more. And you're like, you get, I will get these hits like, oh, that's what I need to do. I need to be more consistent with my routines or make my routines a little easier so that they're sustainable. You know, you want to change things and you want to do all the things, but they're not really sustainable. So if you do small changes. When you talked about root chakra, the one thing that I think about is your roots, your literal roots, your ancestry, your family, you know, your foundational things. And, and then you said hips are the seat of your emotions. Like, isn't that where the root chakra is? Like where your hips and pelvis area is? Um, your root chakra is like, it's at the tailbone, the very tip of your tailbone. Yeah. And then your second chakra, what's your, they're really closely linked. Um, second chakra is, that is your emotions. That's your sacral chakra. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes Because if you think about it, like if you look at a body and you look at where the base chakra energy point is and then where like the wombs, you know what I mean? They're really close together and your hips kind of come together in that similar. Yeah. Kind of like keeps like a container for both of those. So I think there's really big implications there. I saw a video recently. This is not really brand new information, but they talked about how like they did a research on rats, I think, or mice where, you know, they, Im- they implicated a fear of something uh, of a sound to one generation of rat and like they still find that very fear in the other generations the following generations and that's also part of the dna and yes carry with us in our roots what do you think we should do about that because it's like we were born with these already in our body pretty much our dna in yoga teacher training the book it wasn't i mean we had a textbook that went through their format and then we had like additional required reading and eastern body western mind was the traditional or was the extension reading and it was like required and in that book they talk about generational traumas and with every chakra um they talk about how like if your parents had this and they didn't heal it it will be carried on in your lineage and it will be passed on and like i haven't really thought about like okay so if your mom had this trauma and your dad didn't, like, could they counterbalance each other? Like, I haven't really thought about that one. But the way that they describe it in that one is it's, you still have those traumas. You just don't necessarily understand why you have, like, say, for example, um, I think the examples that they gave were typically in like the lower chakras and they were people who were born into concentration camps or had those traumas from like Nazi Germany, how their children will have these deep emotional root chakra trauma issues and they have no idea where from but you know their parents were raised in that and they might still have that and because they can't get over it they might raise you in that same fear-based mentality and so like a lot of things in that like you might not remember some of the things you might like from your parents you might not understand if that's from you or if it's something you just don't remember you just have to make yourself aware of oh, I have this insecurity around. And even if you don't, because I've 
I've worked with people who had like repressed memories from traumas when they were kids. And like, they first of all, they're like, don't go looking because if you look for your traumas like that, they will repress even further. You can't, they'll come to you when your body is ready to feel them and work through them. They will come to you. But otherwise, just be aware that you have these issues and then like try to work through them even without that knowledge. Like, okay, if I have a fear of, if I have security issues, okay, in this moment, am I insecure? In this moment, do I have everything that I need? In this moment, do I have this? So that you're, you might feel insecure. You might feel not safe, but are you, but you're really safe. If you look around, do you have everything that you need? Does that make sense? Like from my point of view, like how, even though you might not understand where the trauma comes from, you can understand that you have an, a need, an issue you some sort of problem coming up and that you might not completely understand what and where and why but you know it's a problem and so you still need to work on why yeah I think the need to find out why is a purely human driven you know (laughs) completely where you know sometimes there's just an acceptance and a letting go that might need Mm. to happen and earlier when you were talking Jesse um the hanged one reversed came out and I feel like it really links very well with what you're talking to right now because generally the imagery on this card is like this person is suspended upside down with an ankle tied and by all accounts you would think they'd be freaking out but there's sort of a a peacefulness on the figure's face just while they're hanging out and they're tied there's like a okay this is a temporary situation if I wanted to, I could reach up and I could untie myself from here and, you know, get down on my own two feet. When this comes reverse, it almost feels like a change of perspective where you're like, is this actually really something I need to fix or solve right now? Or could it be that I'm using this as an opportunity to check in with myself? And the other thing that uh, this made me think of is that the next card in the major arcana is the death card. And so when you think about having to accept something and work with where you are with it, as opposed to needing to push farther. Um, When you were talking, Jesse, earlier about the repressed traumas, I always think of like a feral cat. You can't just run up to a feral cat and be like, hey, I'm your best friend. Come live with me, right? You You have to gently coax the cat out, show them that you are trustworthy, show them that you are going to offer them nourishment and safety before they will begin to trust you. And you have to do that, I think, with your own traumas as well. So there might be sort of this in between, which is what I feel like the hanged one is representing, where we become aware of these things that maybe bind us, quote unquote, but also realize that we have agency as adults. A lot of times as children, we are in a state of helplessness because we're dependent Mm. on our caregivers to give us something that we need. um, And maybe they don't have the ability to give it because of their own past traumas. And that's where that really transfers is in the behavior and not being able to give what you've never received. But if you kind of hang out in the middle and you realize like, oh, I could reach up and undo this rope at any point. Then you move into the death card where you can say, I'm done with this stage of my life and I don't want to do it anymore. Exactly. Exactly. 
I really like that. Um, and it's so ironic that we talked about that because it was a generational thing, because that was a big thing that in the last year that has come up, I had a friend, her son passed away from bitten poisoning. I've never dealt with anybody who's had that depth of a loss. I mean, the most depth I've lost is grandparents. And so for, to lose a child is pretty devastating. And so trying to understand what her needs were, and was this projection she's just projecting on me or was I really insecure or not insecure, uncompassionate in what I said and, and working through those things. And I had this big light bulb moment of I didn't know how to process grief or what to do with it. And so I worked backwards. I'm like, well, I don't know because my mom didn't teach me. Well, then I kind of worked all the way back to my great grandmother had a child in the um, my grandmother was born in the 20s. So her grandmother was born at the turn of the century or before, and they had a, my grandmother had a sibling who was born with Down syndrome and Down syndrome babies at the time were called Mongol child, I think. And Down syndrome comes with sometimes heart defects and they just let the child like die at home of natural causes. They didn't do anything. They didn't have the technology to repair. And so I thought about that and I was like, my great grandmother lost a child at home and my grandmother lost all those siblings. And if you are lost her sibling and if all of, if no one taught my grandmother and those, her siblings how to deal with that loss because she was preoccupied with her own loss. And at the same time, it's the middle of the depression. It's that work, work, work shove those feelings down because we don't have time for it. We got to go work the farm. We've got to go do this and do that. That is one example where I can kind of look back on my life and I can have compassion for everyone involved. You know what I'm saying? And it's not like a blaming thing. It's just, they didn't have what they needed, whether it be, they just didn't have the resources physically, energetically, emotionally, spiritually, any of those things. My grandmother did try to supplement with her religion. She was got really into her faith and she was a devout, devout Catholic until the day she died. And I guess that helped her, but to each their own and everybody is different. But yes, yes, it's just having to release it and work on it and let it go and all of those things. It's crazy, though, when you can kind of put the pieces together and look at that. Yeah. To be honest, this conversation is like a slap in the face for me because I sit a lot. I sit constantly. I work a lot on my computer and then I'm in the car driving to work and my sessions are short. My sessions are just an hour long, but my driving takes longer and I'm constantly sitting and I'm starting to notice a little bit of shift in my body and I'm starting to feel real old. And, mm. uh, and I think that this reminder to move well, what about like move. a ball, you know, like one of those balance balls? Ooh, good idea. Because they make chairs. Like I've seen chairs that have a ball in it so you can roll around on it, but you're still having to do that whole balance on your torso and your hips thing mm -hmm. or a standing desk. My sister works in an office and she liked the standing desk because you can lower it and raise it if you want to stand. Those are great options. I've been suggested those before and um, <laughs> you know me, I'm just uh, very stubborn in my ways. <laughs> I can do this. I don't need any. I, I got this. I don't need any help. <laughs> so she what's were... interesting is that as you were talking before, the number two, the diviner came out, which is the high priestess for this Ooh. deck. And the imagery has a person who's kind of like floating in this ethereal space and they're holding 
uh, two bells sort of suspended over their hands while they're draped in all of this like cloth with blindfolds over their eyes, but their third eye open. And a lot of that, what you were just talking about, Alice, is like, even if I'm like blind to the reality of what's in front of me, which is like, I have to sit all day because I'm working on my computer and I'm driving and everything. You're, you know, like you already know what you need to do. Just like you said, it's been suggested to you before. (laughs) And you, you just need to get in touch with that inner diviner or the one who says like, all right, what is in my highest best. And it's, I think the way we're programmed usually is to think our way out of these things. But what I think this conversation is really bringing to the forefront is that we have to process them physically out of our bodies, whether it's through walking or kickboxing or yoga or anything that feels good in the body, because otherwise it just stagnates. So when we Mm -hmm. get in touch with sort of what is the thing that is going to move this energy through me, we need to first be aware of it on a a spiritual level might be pushing it, but like, you know, it in a deep way, like I need to do this, but then it has to tangibly work its way through. Now I have to feel emotions around this. So I, I I thought about it like spiritually, and then I'm rationalizing it and then I'm feeling it. And then I actually have to move it through my body. So you have to kind of transcend all of those different planes to be able to access what is highest and best for you. Well, I really appreciated having company and having support and the space to deal with any chaos this eclipse season brings. I'm grateful for spring. I'm grateful for things to, you know, warm up a bit and I get to wear all the comfortable clothes. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful to be able to have this conversation with open-minded people. Because in Kentucky, it's kind of hit or miss if people are going to be like, "Um, yeah, no, I don't really, I'm just going to ignore you. So it's really good and nice and to be able to talk with people open-mindedly about this. And I'm grateful for the super nice weather that we've had. It's been good here. It's been a little up and down, but it's been good. And I get to go. I'm grateful to be able to go mow my grass in a little while. So lovely. Well, I am grateful for also the reminder to move my body. I had a couple of days this weekend where I just couldn't between being exhausted and just not having enough time. And I feel it immediately when I don't do the things, Um, you know, you both were alluding to like a regular practice and that balance in our lives. And then even thinking about the feet was interesting for me today. And I think it, it's a continual reminder that we are bodies first. Like we exist, everything that we experience in this life happens through our bodies. And um, they're the things that we often kind of take for granted first. And I don't know why, like we're so disconnected from our bodies, but even when our bodies, you know, hurt or just don't feel great, it's always a reminder to be grateful that I have a a relatively able body that gets me from place to place and um, allows me to experience what I get to experience in this life. So yeah, let's just uh, make sure this is a reminder far and wide to check in with your body and to do the things that you know will feel best for it. Yes, because your body knows. 
if you can tap into that, you know what feels right in your body and what doesn't. It might not always be exactly what you thought it was in that moment. And I thought it was funny that Alice said that she needed a reason to do something. And I, I feel the same way sometimes. I'm like, God, I know I should, but I just don't want to today. <laughs> Cardio, blah. I don't need to work out. I did that yesterday. Um, mowing your lawn is cardio. Sure. Oh, mowing my lawn is car. It's cardio. The, the weed eating is super cardio. It's a whole <laughs> body workout. So that's great. You guys are great role models for me. And I love having you in my life. And this has been such an enlightening conversation. Thank you for joining us on this journey. And I hope you make time to move your body and move anything that doesn't serve you out of your body. You can reach us at celestialsmalltalk at gmail.com and on Instagram at celestialsmalltalk. Please listen, like, review, share, grow, learn, and love. Until next time.